Does pain have to be part of the healing process? Today, we'll discuss that as well as a couple of solutions you can use. And we'll also be discussing Matt's invalidation triple threat. We'll see you in there. I, I find that guys have a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble in my world with the nuance of validating an experience that their romantic partner has when it, it doesn't align with their sense of it makes sense for this person to be having this experience right now, which is what I imagine some of the guys who don't have any moral compunction about pornography use. There are plenty of those people in the world. They, it doesn't, it doesn't check out for them that someone should perhaps feel hurt by that idea. Right. Um, and so my work is based on, my work's based on trust. My, my work's based on as much trust as you can have in a relationship. And the way that I like to visualize it and the way that I talk to clients about it is to imagine two dots on a horizontal line and the distance between those dots represents the distance between he, he and his partner. And it's like, can we work to incrementally move closer to our partner? Can we just do things where the math result of what we do or don't do results in this like closure of the gap between the two of you. And if you can just think about it in that way, I really believe that the guys that I'm working with can, that that, that can govern their decision-making process because they've got to overcome habits in their relationship. Um, I do not like to think of the way we invalidate our partners in romantic relationships as being some like sort of vile, disgusting behavior. I like to think about it as this sort of bad habit that we have that we're not paying attention to. That happens on autopilot when we disagree with somebody. What happens is we express our disagreement with them and then in doing so inadvertently invalidate them. And then the conflict that happens afterwards, so many of the guys are left with, why do I have to agree with you? Like, why do I have to think what you think? I don't think what you think. Why are you, why, why does only your opinion and your feelings matter? And what the men are missing in this moment, it's almost always men. I don't want to say men as if women are incapable of invalidating people, because that's certainly not the case. But most often in my work, it's, it's men are the culprits of this, what I believe to be truly like an accidental thing. And anyway, I, it's, it's, it's something that I talk about all the time, the three ways we habitually invalidate people when we disagree with them. I don't know if you want to like go through yeah. that whole process right now because it yeah it takes a whole minute all right well so this is what i say to more or less every client that i work with i talk about this thing that i dubbed the invalidation triple threat because i believe in this idea that there are three distinct ways that we invalidate people when we disagree with them and that it's fine really kind of out in the world with coworkers and with our brother and with like you know our friend that we went to school with invalidating them tends not to cause, you know, irrevocable, I don't know how to say that word clearly, harm to their relationship, but um, it does with our, with our marriage partner. It does with the people with whom we share lives and homes and children, money, beds, things like that. So, all right, the three ways we invalidate people when we disagree with them. The first way and how it looked in my life was this, my wife would like come into the room and I'm so sorry. I want to say, Lori, that your distinction about validating pain is the way that I hyper-focus like this idea. I have to think of it in the context of someone experienced something bad and they're now coming to their partner and saying, hey, something bad happened to me 
And now I want you to like understand it. And I'm trying to like recruit you to help me not feel this bad thing anymore. It's the only way our relationship's going to work. But how it goes most of the time is how it went in my relationship. My wife would come into the room and she would say, Matt, a bad thing happened. I feel bad about it. And version one of this so-called invalidation triple threat was, was me disagreeing with what my wife believed had occurred. And so right, she'd tell the story and pretend it's like uh, it's, it's, it's her cousin Judy said something at the like holiday get together yesterday. And, and, and my wife had felt really offended by it. And so she comes and she says that to me. But my instinctive response after having witnessed that was like, that's not what happened. Judy was not saying this thing that you're saying she said. And I would like defend this third party. I did it all the time. All the time, my wife would tell me stories about her work day or about something that happened or hell about me. And I would fundamentally disagree. This wasn't some dishonest attempt to win an argument with her. I didn't believe that she was correct. So I'm, I'm trying to correct my wife's intellectual experience. So no wife, what actually happened is this. And the math result of that exchange is your emotional experience, your pain is invalid because it's based on something I don't calculate to be real. Version two, virtually the same, but reversed. My wife would say, hey, Matt, a bad thing happened. I feel bad about it. And this time I would completely agree that the incident happened as she said it did. But this time I would disagree that her emotional reaction to it was somehow fair or appropriate, given the relatively minor thing I perceived this to be. So this time I'm trying to correct her feelings instead of her brain. And I'd say, well, a more fair or rational or appropriate way to feel about this situation is, and then insert whatever brilliant thing Matt thinks you should feel here. That was version two. And then version three, and Jay, you talked about this already, and Laura, you probably did too, is this idea of defensiveness. When we feel unfairly criticized or accused of something, our instinct is to defend ourselves. And I, I did this all the time. I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong. If you understand what I like meant to do or what I was attempting to do at the time, then you won't be mad at me about it anymore. But when we defend ourselves, we invalidate the painful experience that our partner just had. And I actually think there's a dangerous little trust eroding thing that happens. We imply that we think that was like the right thing to do. I think our partner can take away from that, this idea that not only does he not you know, give a crap about this bad thing that I just experienced, but he's, he's defending the like brilliance of his decision-making. I just got hurt and he's implying that he'll do the same thing again in a future scenario, just like it, because he thinks it's the right thing to do. He thinks it's appropriate and boom, trust erodes, dots move apart. And when these happen, so when I talk about forming the habit of validation, it is about this end goal of, of moving these dots closer together. And I, I want to pause. I want to continue, but I want to pause to like, see if you guys have any thoughts about any of that. Yeah. I love that. I love that you give us structure. I'll probably be giving these to our couples clients <laughs> <laughs> just because it's so good, you know, for all of them to know, okay, right now you're doing number one, right now you're solidly in number three. <laughs> And that sort of thing, you know, to be able to, to, okay, this is how you invalidate me. So thank you for, for going over that. I'm oh, yeah. using that in the future. Um, so a number, a number of things went through my head because 
of my experience of how I did this to Lori. And so there's, there's this intellectual component that you were talking about, right? That if, if you had my intellectual understanding of the event, then your pain would be different. Yes, sir. Right? So one of the places where Lori and I would, well, where I would create greater breakdown between Lori and I was, oh no, it didn't happen a hundred times. It happened 90. And if you would just understand that it was 90 times instead of a hundred, then your pain would be at least 10% less. <laughs> I, Lori, I'm so sorry. I'm laughing at real experiences you had because it's not funny, but that's um, I'm laughing at what I perceive to be the idiocy of that logic, which I possessed in spades, by the way. Right. Yeah. And, and so one of this, this kind of like, uh, created a, a little bit of a brainstorm for me. Um, when we were watching the documentary docudrama Dope Sick, they talked about one of the reasons why they couldn't get Oxycontin into Germany is that they feel like pain is a part of the healing process. In the United States, as far as I know, we're pretty much like if there's pain there's something terribly, terribly wrong. And we want, we want to like turn off the pain knob almost as quickly as we possibly can. If you're in pain and I can find a way to turn that knob off, you won't be in pain anymore. Everything will be fine. And that's, that's not how this works. You can't intellectually turn off someone else's pain. And so then the other thought that came to me was if a child comes running up to, you know, your child, they're playing on the swings, they're at the playground, they fall, they scrape their knee, they come running up to you. Your typical response is not, well, I'm sorry, that's only a one centimeter scrape. Then it's only abraded the first level. I mean, you're not going to tell them the intellectual dynamics of what happened to them and therefore take away their pain you're going to kiss their wound. Well, I, I think effective child caregivers do the equivalent of kissing the wound. I, 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 think, I think there's probably a correlation between the people with severe invalidation habits and people who grew up with the behavior model of, hey, it's not that bad. You don't need to cry this much. I certainly saw plenty of that in my life. I don't want to paint a picture of my parents being somehow callous and unloving. That's the end of this video. Join us next time when we will be discussing a common thing we hear guys say, and that is, isn't she over this yet? See you then. Bye.